Yo, what is going on? And welcome to Can We Talk About This with Murphy Wells. I am, of course, him. And guys, I apologize. It has taken me so long to get this episode out. I actually had a complete, a completed episode done on Saturday. But I didn't like it. I didn't like that it was a mean, angry, vicious rant. I'm like, dude, you're more dignified than that. You can make better content than that. You're not one of these fucks who gets angry on camera without anything plausible to say. Just a whole bunch of postulations and a whole bunch of pandering and a whole bunch of slogans and catchphrases. You're not that person. And so then I re-recorded it on Monday. Guess what? It sounded like shit. Actually, it's not so much that it sounded like shit, but the the way I had recorded it was from essentially the corpse of the episode I had deleted with all the editing and all that. And for some reason, I could only hear out of my left headphone or just the left side of my computer. I'm like, wow, I really fucking like what I put out here. But you know what? It's not up to the standard. You got to remember your standards, guys. And speaking of standards, I want to get into the subject matter today because I have lost so much time between the inciting incident that made this the talking point of the episode, and now I just got to get onto it. So just a little bit of preamble, a little bit of prefacing in context. If you are a human being keyed into the politiverse, which is basically anything political happening uh, on social media, you may or may not have seen the viral clip of a commentator for the left whose name is Sam Harris on a podcast called Trigonometry, which I had never heard of either party involved, but I must say that Trigonometry is a pretty badass name for a podcast. You know, Trigonometry, math, people being triggered. I actually hate that word because a lot of people are like, you're triggering me. Yeah, well, it's your fucking feelings. So I don't care. But moving forward, not here to rag on anybody, except in reference to Sam Harris. If you don't know, you won't know. This man who I'm not going to attack personally. This is not about attacking people personally. This is about holding people accountable. And not just any people, but the media at large accountable for the things that they say that quite honestly don't sit right with me. And a lot of people, in fact. And what I'm referencing, if I may paraphrase, is that the hosts of Trigonometry and Sam Harris were having a conversation about the 2020 election with which they referenced the now verified Hunter Biden laptop story, which, if you don't know, you might not know, Hunter Biden, who is our current sitting president's son, is also a 50-some-odd-year-old derelict, dope fiend. Honestly, that pretty much just like breaks it down right there. He's just a derelict and a guy who really likes drugs. And he is well known for being a derelict and a guy in his 50s who likes to party a little too hard with prostitutes and do drugs and wreck all kinds of shit. Like, it just is what it is. But all that aside, during the election of 2020, a story broke and largely was suppressed by most of the mainstream legacy media and also social media about Hunter Biden's laptop, which was, quote, the laptop from hell which was a personal laptop of Mr. Hunter Biden, son of Joseph R. Biden, that had a whole bunch of incriminating evidence about what the future president's son had been doing, which involved crack with prostitutes, dealings with China and Ukraine that he really was not supposed to be doing, especially when you have to give 10% to the big guy. The big guy, we can assume, again, assumptions make asses of you and me, 
that the big guy is Pedo Pete. I mean, uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. But with all this being said now, Sam Harris referred to that moment and said, Hunter Biden's laptop could have had the corpses of children in his basement and the media could have suppressed it. And if it meant Donald Trump had a worse chance of being president, I'd have been okay with it. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that statement for a minute. So let's sink in. Let us sink in that this guy who has a big platform said one of the most heinous things I've honestly ever heard in the realm of politics, which was this presidential candidate's infamous crackhead son in his 50s, who is going all over the world doing a bunch of shady deals and kicking 10% to the big guy. He submitted a laptop for repairs. The laptop is full of all this incriminating evidence already. And if the corpses of dead children were in his basement and the media and social media suppressed it and called it Russian disinformation, well, as long as Donald Trump, old DJT, doesn't get to become president for a second term, I'm okay with it. I said it and I'm going to say it again. I'm not going to call out Sam Harris as a person. I morally disagree with that statement in waves and droves. I think it is inappropriate. I think it is absolutely irresponsible. And I think it shows how far we have fallen, not only as a people, but that the media in general have gotten such a pass for the last seven years, as long as they get their get out of jail free card, which is, well, as long as I can relate it to Donald Trump in some way, shape or form, it's it's fine. I'm validated. I'm good. No, you're not good. And I, I've been sitting here stewing on this still to this point. Like, I'm still thinking about it because I don't care what different sector of media we're talking about, to which I'm really going to address three today. The establishment legacy media, more so the broadcast media, social media, and entertainment media. Y'all are all trash. Like, all throughout each and every single one of these facets of media is just an endless heap of fucking garbage. Now, when I said I got mad the other day, it was to the point where there was not a word in between any other two words that wasn't fuck and calling people out, calling people names. I'm not going to do that today. But I was just wondering, can we talk about all the issues with the media in our country today? Because I got a shit ton to talk about. You're all right with that? You're good with that? Cool, me too. So let's fucking get started. We're starting with legacy and broadcast media. If you don't know, you won't know. When I bring up broadcast, legacy, mainstream media, you got to think about the following few channels. And honestly, I would even throw print journalism media into there too, which is essentially talking about places like CNN, NBC, CNBC, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, Fox News, all of these different channels are largely just there to condition you with what to think. Not to teach you how to think, but what to think. Now, I preface, I could probably find a couple people on Fox News I really like. I, I, I declare to you all right now that I do identify as a libertarian, just right of center. Largely, consenting adults can do what they want as long as it doesn't infringe upon me, my rights, my property, impact the amount of taxes I have to pay, do unto others type. But for the last seven years that I have been at least cognizant 
of what goes on in these channels, I gotta be I gotta be frank with everybody. I don't know how anyone still watches this shit, but I do understand how CNN's viewership is down ninety percent, essentially since the start of the Biden administration, and it's that these people are not here to tell you about current events. They're here to teach you what to say, and that's on both sides of the aisle. And I I, I almost refrain from bringing up Fox News. Because again, there are anchors over there that I really, really like. I'm talking about Tucker Carlson. And to some degree, I'm talking about Greg Gutfeld. Everyone else can kick rocks without shoes. And everyone else on all those other channels, you can kick rocks without socks. I'm largely going to focus on CNN for right now. But as for Fox News, aside from those couple guys that I like, the rest of your network is straight up corny. I can't stand hearing Sean Hannity talk. I can't stand hearing Judge Jeannie talk. There are so many people on Fox News that I just look at as a pre-programmed human being. You're not real. You're just saying a bunch of stuff you hope I agree with. Okay? Getting that out there. I'm largely going to be focusing on CNN today, which when I talk about CNN, they call themselves the most objective name in journalism. Really? Is that why you've lost 90% of your viewership? Is that why the head of CNN, Jeff Zucker, got fired and you said it because he was having an affair? Dude, I don't care who you are banging. I don't. Your network is garbage. Something that Project Veritas has uncovered I don't know how many times. You're going to tell me that the wonderful Cuomo brothers, Chris and Andrew Cuomo, Chris who was a one-time anchor on CNN, and Andrew who was a one-time governor of New York, these brothers would get on, quote, the most objective name in journalism and talk about how they were raised and do all this stepbrothers type banter. And I'm supposed to have an objective view of this politician They were saying that this guy could be the next president. This was their champion for all of the pandemic. And this dude sent a whole bunch of sick people back into nursing homes with old, sick, at-risk folks. He presided over New York during one of its worst eras. I don't know a single New Yorker who says, yeah, I really like the job that Andrew Cuomo did. Yet these two were allowed to gallivant on mainstream, primetime television and talk to you about policy. How in the world is that appropriate? And how in the world, with all these same channels I just named, I'll, I'll leave Fox News out because at this point, they're they're not in this conversation. How are you going to go around saying that Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist and a racist and all these awful names that you call anyone who doesn't conform to your way of thinking When this dude literally got brought up not guilty on all six of his charges, how much money are you going to have to pay him out? How much money did you pay out Nick Sandman? You remember him? If you don't remember, Nick Sandman was the kid a few years back who was standing there with a MAGA hat on as an indigenous person was sitting there chanting and singing and shouting in his face. CNN said a whole bunch of racist super ultra MAGA supporters were coming through and harassing these indigenous peoples. When it turns out, these kids were there on a field trip and those indigenous people were actually calling them racist names. We're actually harassing them. How much money did you guys pay out to Nick Sandman? Hmm? Let's not forget also on top of that, that you guys had a network personality who was jerking off on Zoom during a team meeting whom you suspended and then brought back. I don't get it. I don't get it. How can anyone watch that and tell me it's news? And the fact of the matter is, it's not news. 
It's postulations. It's a whole bunch of slogans. It's a whole bunch of holier than thou and what to say for people who don't create objective opinions for themselves. I'll say this right now. I don't care if you're more leftist than me. I hope you are. We need parity of thought. But to call yourselves the most objective name in journalism for all the shit that you have put out into that politosphere is absolutely irresponsible. And for what it's worth, even mentioning CNN right now makes me a little bit sick because I know I'm still giving them publicity. Now, with that all being said, most of the publicity these days is talking about what a joke their content is, especially when you look at what CNN Plus was. Do you know why no one wanted to pay for your service? Because no one wants to pay to get lied to. We already pay politicians to do that for us. The point where I knew that they were beyond retribution, though, is whenever they would bring on someone like Dr. Rochelle Walensky from the CDC, a woman they literally had to prop up and give cue cards to and acting lessons, because when you would put her on camera next to their COVID death counter, more propaganda, that essentially this woman, you could tell she was reading off cue cards. You could tell she was trying to seem scared. I don't believe you. You're all salespeople and you're not good salespeople. You don't care about anyone but yourselves and your ratings and whatever gets people hanging off of every word. Another one that I found really, really funny was that you always had Dr. Leanna Wen on. If you don't remember Dr. Leanna Wen, she's a little doctor from Baltimore. And what she said a year ago, if people are not going to get vaccinated against COVID, we need to seriously consider introducing public policy that says they can't leave their house. It's like driving while intoxicated. If you want to stay at home and have some drinks, that's fine. But don't put the rest of us at risk. Are you fucking kidding me? I think it's fucking hilarious because this same woman came out when they changed COVID policy a little over a week ago and then walked back everything she said. I don't believe that public policy should be so broad. I do believe that each and every individual should be up to making their own decisions for what is best for their health and for the health of their families. If our policies are too broad, people will lose respect and faith in our health, our public health institutions. Hey, lady. We have not had any faith in you for years at this point. And it is due into no small part to channels like CNN, to like MSNBC, to like ABC, to like CBS, all reading from the same narrative and the average person waking up to understand that it's a bunch of bullshit. The most irresponsible part of all of it is some of the accusations and some of the things that these anchors have been able to say basically for the last seven years, and not only just about Donald Trump, but typically about half the country or whatever percent of the country that wants to see him run this country. They're deplorables. They're white supremacists. They're racists. They're biggest. They're fascists. They're misogynists. They're patriarchal. They're a bunch of cisgendered folk. Like, you're a bunch of nerds. You are all a bunch of self-righteous nerds. And what's funny is, is that I know you don't really believe the things you're saying. You're being paid to say them. Just like how you keep bringing up things like justice for Jussie Smollett, even though we all know it was bullshit. And y'all ran with that story hard. Y'all ran with that story hard too. But the thing you guys have to remember about the media, and no matter what shitbag anchor you're watching on, no matter what shitbag channel you're watching, is that the media at large, as we watch them on broadcast television, is all funded by one of six major parent companies. And I want you to think about these companies like Comcast, like Disney, AT&T, CBS, News Corp, Viacom. These Fox, like these people are all run 
by these big six companies. These channels, these outlets are all run by these big six companies. And when you see all the different media that is owned by these big six companies, we are not being told current events. We're being told the version of history they want us to believe. They wanted you to believe that people were falling down dead in the streets during COVID. That's why they locked us all in our houses. And if you had anything to say about it, you had news anchors calling you some kind of irresponsible grandma killer. And I'll be honest to you guys about the point where I realized that I was done with this side of the aisles media is if you go back to the presidential election of 2016, is that during that time, Bernie Sanders was considered a real threat to the Hillary Clinton campaign. And it turns out Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who was the head of the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, she actually rigged the contest in favor of Hillary and it came out and she had to step down after taking that spot away from Bernie Sanders on part of the DNC. She had to step down and yet she was still hired by the Hillary Clinton campaign. How does that work? How is that fair? And for all of that conniving, after all of that backstabbing within one's own party, you still champion her to this day. I could go over a million different stories that have broke from CNN. The one right now that's so hilarious since Donald Trump's house got raided. Oh, well, the feds are our heroes. They're, they must have a reason for being there. You know, he, he deserves to go to prison. Really? When you've been on the defund the police bandwagon for how many years now? But when something bad happens to Donald Trump, your tune changes. When midterm elections come up in November, your tune changes about everything you've said for the last two to seven years. It's fucking audacious. But the way to combat it, the way to combat it is to just not pay attention to it. And that's for all those channels. I admit it. There are a couple people I like on Fox News. But far and away, I wish they would just get their own independent streams of media going. I wish they would leave Fox News. Now they're probably not going to do that. But either way, the best thing you can do in these situations is, number one, not pay attention to it. But number two, when it does somehow, some way, come your way, when people ask you these same talking points that they would from one of these stupid networks, give them your honest answer. Ask them about their position. Be willing to have a conversation with that person. And if they're just going to go around calling you names, there's no changing their opinion anyways. But if you just ignore these cancers and let them die, cool. They'll operate themselves out. So number one, stop paying attention to the legacy media. I do recommend you find good independent sources on both sides of the aisle that you can actually look at, verify, and trust. Some people that I really like to listen to, who most of them aren't even political commentators, but they are largely who I get my current events from, are going to be people like Tim Poole and the TimCast IRL podcast. It's awesome. They have all kinds of people from both sides of the aisle, and they really get into kind of some of the nerdy stuff about it that average media doesn't talk about. I do admit to liking Ben Shapiro. What I like about Ben Shapiro is he's hard to argue with, and they're very upfront about The Daily Wire, which is his and Jeremy Boring's company, being very pro-conservative. But at the same time, he doesn't neglect to give the left and the Democrats credit when they do something he approves of. That's hard to find. 
Of course, I listen to Andy. Real AF has a great segment known as CTI, which is Cruise the Internet, when him and his guy DJ uh, get on and they break down some current events. Obviously, I'm going to be a little bit biased because Andy is my employer, but I love his content because I do feel he brings it in an objective light. Um, and on the left, you know what? I do like Bill Maher. I've liked Bill Maher most of my life. I don't agree with everything he says. I'd say maybe I agree with like 40% of what he says, but he brings us the current events in a really unique, funny way. And it's a great way to get a perspective that I don't always agree with of a man who I actually typically do respect what he has to say. And print journalism, some places I would definitely stay away from. The Washington Post is number one. You're really going to believe a newspaper that is run by Jeff Bezos? Yeah. Their, 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 their motto is democracy dies in darkness. Okay, no, wrong. I wouldn't read the New York Times. I wouldn't read the New York Post. I would stay away from pretty much any one of those publications. There's a lot more that I'm forgetting. But more on, I want to move over now to social media. And the Orwellian or authoritarian bullshit some of my favorite platforms have been engaged in for the last two years. And more than that, if I'm being honest with you, because not only did they suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, but on top of that, on top of all of that, to this day, if you talk about COVID or the vaccine, you get one of those little tags that says we're watching you, essentially. For further information about COVID, go here. For further information about vaccines, go here. Hey, if people want resources, they can look them up themselves. I don't need you making sure that I know I'm being watched right now. I've been shadow banned enough times. The thing, the thing about why I bring up our social media is because, again, it's trying to condition us what to think. Social media has become a place that has been so bogged down with narrative politics, with political correctness. I don't understand how more people are not getting off of Facebook than they already are. When you know Mark Zuckerberg gave the okay for conservative content to be doused and diminished, but he was actually donating and raising the visibility of leftist politics and content. How is that okay? And how is it okay to hide the recent tab because you're worried about violence in communities? The amount of times I have tried to post something on Instagram that has literally nothing to do with even politics. It happens to do with my page. I hear it happens all the time too, is that they will get this little message. We limit certain actions as to protect our communities. No, you don't. You're trying to condition people to be politically correct, super self-regulating automatons. And it's fucking sad. It's sad that I, 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 I might get like attacked by a bot farm if you don't like what I say. It's sad that Twitter is like half bots apparently, and they're trying to sue Elon Musk to buy it anyways. It's sad that you have Orwellian quote unquote fact checkers, which are not objective news sources. PolitiFact? Leftist. USA Today? Leftist. I've gotten fact checked by CNN before. <laughs> sure, that's objective. And it's funny because I was having a conversation with my best friend the other day. And I was actually talking to her about who I get my facts from. And we talked about the Daily Wire. And she goes, I don't know if I can really trust them. And I was like, why not? And she goes, well, every time I see one of their articles on Facebook, it's fact checked as false. And I was like, well, think about who is doing the fact checking. A bunch of super biased organizations on a super biased platform where the super biased owner and CEO 
was donating money to the opposition. There's a reason for that. And that's not to call out my friend. My friend, you know, we have good conversations. We do. But the thing about it is, is that the more time we spend on social media, the more it's just conditioning us to be people who don't really consider what's going on around us as long as we can stay glued to our phones so we can argue it out in the comments section. I try my hardest not to argue in comments sections because every single time I get into a discussion with someone I disagree with, I get called a fascist. Dude, literally Big Brother is always watching us and I'm a fascist? Come on. It's sad and pathetic that when you think about all the time most people spend on TikTok, which I don't have downloaded on my phone, I will not use it, that in our country, it shows us a bunch of really ratchet stuff and people of certain ideologies trying to indoctrinate your kids. There's a lot of that shit on there. Like, if you really want to get a, a good idea of just how crazy TikTok gets, I recommend looking at the libs of TikTok page. They show reels on Instagram all the time. I'm not saying if you're a liberal, you're a bad person or a crazy person. I'm saying the people who are on this channel, they're saying some out there stuff, guys. Like some really out there stuff. It's to the point now where social media, if if you don't get with their program, you can't use their platform. I thought we were supposed to have free speech in this country. I understand. It's a privately owned business. But for a long time, we were able to say just about anything we wanted. You could type anything you wanted on social media. These days, if I post a comment with anything that is barely even cursing, they'll be like, this looks like similar comments that have been reported. You can still undo this. It's like Instagram's telling me there's still time to take this down. Or fucking what? Or what? And I want to shout out my dude, uh, Tommy Vexed, who, dude, I love you so much. I hope you listen to this at some point. Tommy has gotten kicked off of Instagram like four times because he refuses to play their game. He was like, cool, guess what? <laughs> you can ban me again. You can shadow ban me again. I'm not going to stop. You know how you stop cancel culture? You don't fucking apologize. I don't even know where I heard that from, but the best way to essentially destroy that cancel culture and the Orwellian oversight and the big brother shit is just to be unapologetic about what you post. You don't like it? Fuck you. You got something to say? Fuck you. You want to duke it out in the fucking comment section? Fuck you. This looks similar to things that have been reported. Fuck you. I don't care. Social media doesn't scare me. In the words of Dave Chappelle, Twitter, social media, is not a real place. Okay? I'll not apologize to people who don't support me. And I will not sit here and conform to the ideas that some authoritarian, super fucking ideologically whacked superpower wants to use my favorite social media platforms to convey to me. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not changing myself for social media. I'm me. And whether you like my politics or not, I'm going to continue to be me. The best way to defeat the social media bullshit is legitimately just be unapologetically yourself. Oh, no. Some blue checkmark person in Los Angeles may not like me. Oh, fuck me. No, fuck you. And finally, the one I want to talk about most is entertainment media. This is everything from late night talk show hosts to TV shows to movies. I'm done being pandered to. I'm done paying to see something entertaining, something that's supposed to be entertaining, just so you can tell me what's wrong with me living my life. There are some very, very clear examples of this today, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start with the one that honestly came up most recently, which was She-Hulk. 
Oh my God. I'm not even that plugged into the MCU. If I'm just being honest, and a big part of it is Mark Ruffalo's politics. Like him as the Hulk, I think is a very awful idea. If they could bring back Edward Norton, I'd say bring back Edward Norton, but him as the Hulk is just so annoying because I know what Mark Ruffalo's politics are. Again, he's one of these pandering, postulating, just virtue signaling Hollywood socialites. And when you look at She-Hulk, he's like, I need you to control your anger. To which the the She-Hulk character was like, I'm actually really good at controlling my anger. I'm better at it than you because every time I get catcalled or mansplained, I just want to kill somebody. Do you know how nerdy you sound right now? Do you know how late you are to the party? It's so fucking transparent what you're trying to tell the audience. And it's funny because, again, the same people on broadcast and legacy media, this might be the first time young men have ever heard a woman say that. This is a very important moment in history. No, it's not. It's shitty writing from idealist people who don't really have a foot to stand on when it comes to communicating their ideas, except when they get paid to put them into someone's script. And since Disney is so upfront and open about some of their agendas towards kids, of course they're going to push that. Of course they're going to push you something that is politically correct and part of the woke social narrative. Of course when you go see the Batgirl movie, they're going to have a super woke feminist message. And just to be honest, I have no problem with feminism. Feminism is about equality. At least first and second wave are. But everything we hear about it today is just man-hating. Like, they literally did a test screening of this Batgirl movie. And they were like, dude, this is woke garbage. I feel like I'm being pandered to. And a really good way you can tell what's coming out in entertainment media these days, look at the Rotten Tomatoes. If critics love it and audiences hate it, it's probably some socially woke garbage. If audiences love it and critics hate it, it's probably something you as a person are going to like. I'm tired of hearing about that Buzz Lightyear has a same-sex kiss in it. Dude, why does the new Buzz Lightyear movie have a same-sex kiss in it? Why are you showing people kissing in a fucking Disney movie? That goes for straight people too. I don't want straight people making out in a kid's movie. Why is it if I turn on Stephen Colbert, all he's doing is dancing with a bunch of dancing syringes, talking about how great it is to be vaccinated. Like, does no one feel like we are being sold something when you do this? Why is this the talking point? I don't get it. I, I, I get it, but I don't want to get it. Me and someone I was on the phone with the other day, we looked back at our childhood and some of the things we saw. And now you think back to how some of those messages were programmed in. It makes you feel dirty. It makes you feel used. Like, it's not even just the fact that these are ideas that I disagree with. It's just that the content is garbage. I'll give you an awesome example too, is that take the Mulan movies, take the one from 1997 and the one that was released not too long ago, the live action one. The one in 1997 has an awesome message to it. It's about a girl in a traditionalist Chinese society who's about to become a bride, but she fucks up and it doesn't work for her. And she brings shame to her family and a war breaks out and her father who's sick gets called to war, but she takes his place instead. She proves she can fight as well as any other man. And she gets found out and they cast her out and they cause shame to her family again. And she comes back and she saves the day. And it's awesome because she starts as an underdog. This person who 
if anyone else was in this position, if it wasn't written for a movie, they probably would not have made it that far. Definitely would not have succeeded at their mission. But here we are celebrating her at the end because we relate to that. It's good writing. It's, it's something that puts you in a place of relatability. It's good. But if you look at the new Mulan movie, there's no character development. There's no inciting incident about what makes you fall in love with the struggles of the main character. There's like, nah, she's Mulan. She's a Chinese girl. She has magic powers. She can do anything. Yeah, no, she doesn't have to have any conflict. The new Mulan fucking sucks. It's because there's nothing compelling about it. Same thing with freaking Captain Marvel. Same thing with a lot of movies these days. It's not about the content you're watching. It's about the message they can drill into your head. It's about them saying, well, (laughs) we know you wanted something else, but this is what you're going to get. And you have a problem with it. It's because you're this ist or this ism. I don't pay to watch entertainment so you can tell me what a shit person I am. Why do you think the new Top Gun movie did so well? Probably because there were no preachy messages. Probably because you sympathize with the main character. Probably because it's a triumphant pro-American movie that for once is not trying to paint our country like a shithole. Our country isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. Tom Cruise is not perfect. But I need this holier-than-thou shit in Hollywood to stop. The best way to end the bullshit in entertainment media is to just not even give the things that you get those heebie-jeebies from, to not even give them a chance, guys. And when you can watch someone review it on YouTube, see what they had to say first. Just see what they had to say first. Find some good people who review movies, someone like Jeremy Johns or Chris Stuckman, these, these folks who it's literally their job to review movies, and see what they had to say about it. If they say it's really woke and full of a lot of messages and a whole lot of pandering and postulations and all this stuff just meant to talk down to the average person, don't go see it. Don't give these people your time. Don't give these people your attention. Don't give them your money. It goes for all of them. If you're going to be on social media, post exactly what you think. Post exactly how you feel, especially if it goes against the narrative and be unapologetic about it. And if someone wants to have a fucking problem, then fuck you. That's your problem. And as far as it goes to consuming media about current events, stop turning on the TV to do it. Find something on YouTube. Find some blogs. Find some people who bring facts and can cite facts and who know what they're talking about. And everybody can be wrong. It's fine to be wrong, but it is not okay to lie and postulate and pander to people because you think it'll help your ratings. No, no more. No more being sold this awful fucking version of life. I'm done with shitty movies. I'm done with shitty TV shows. I'm done with shitty late night talk show hosts. I'm done with shitty social media policy, and I'm done with the shitty legacy media. I think a lot of people, when they hear this, they're going to be happy to share it with someone because they know someone needs to hear the fact that someone sees the world that another person does, that we're being lied to, that we're being played, and we're being sold. And what's even more insulting is we're being sold by bad salespeople. So don't buy it. Don't buy in. Now, if you've listened this far, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I would appreciate also if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, that being said, I do think that this episode might even turn some people the wrong way. Hey, if you want to leave me less than a five, leave me less than a five. I don't expect you just to blatantly leave me fives on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, But please, if you do even leave me a five or anything less, 
Give me a reason why specifically on Apple Podcasts. Share this to your Instagram story. Tag a friend. Send it to a friend. Tell a friend. I will share what you share on my Instagram story because I love the fact that we are this close. We are less than 200 downloads away from 1,000, guys. That is all because of you. I'm glad I could put the content out there, but it's because you listen, it's because you talk, and it's because you share it. I appreciate it. And I do hope that one day, hopefully someday soon, I become one of those people you all talk about in terms of who you get your current events from. This has largely been a monologuing show so far. I have great plans to bring in guests, to do uh, podcasts on other people's platforms. But until that day comes, I'm going to be doing my thing. I'm sorry again that this took a little bit longer to get out, but I will not release to you some half-baked idea, some bullshit that I don't believe in because I'm not the legacy media. I'm Murph motherfucking dirty. I'm him and I'm out.